Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Bird Sheet Metal. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We got to talk basketball recruiting, football recruiting, NBA, and an awesome piece that Kyle wrote uh, late last week that we didn't get to um, because we got to post that awesome interview with Brennan Canada that an amazing interviewer did, Kyle. And if you haven't listened to that, you should go (laughs) check it out. But speaking of interviews, you got to talk to quite a few people connected with Khalil Whitney. I think most people know it is officially official. He signed uh, everything, all the paperwork needed to be done on Friday. And Kyle, if you could real quick kind of just give like a little bit of a refresher, because I think most people understand most of it, but it is kind of confusing because he had been committed for a long time, but he didn't sign until late last week. Yeah, and you know, it was sort of the first part of my story. Uh, that I wrote for The Athletic is about um, how he talked to Calipari. He committed back in August, so it was nine months ago, um, right before they went, I think right before they left for the Bahamas. Um, and he didn't even get out of his visit. He, you know, Kentucky had been his dream school. He's from Chicago. Anthony Davis was, he was nine years old when Anthony Davis was leading Kentucky. That'll make you feel old. Was leading Kentucky to the national championship, a Chicago kid that he looked up to. So it had been his dream school ever since. Took his visit um, and didn't even get done with it before we committed to Kentucky. And, and he told Cal basically then, like, hey, I'm not going to sign uh, until the spring, until pretty late. And basically when his high school season and high school career wrap up in New Jersey um, so he could go back home to Chicago and sign. And, and so he was in – he grew up in Chicago until um, – he was after his freshman year of high school and then he moved with his dad, his mom and dad are not together, moved with his dad to New Jersey to go to Rosedale Catholic where Isaiah Briscoe and Nas Reed and a bunch of other uh, really good players have played. Uh, his dad is a well-known guy in that area. He went to Seton Hall from Chicago, but went to Seton Hall and was a star at Seton Hall um, and kind of helped him through the basketball part of his life. And also it was a safer place to be than in Chicago. Um, and so he, uh, it was really important to him to go back to Chicago and go back specifically to his grade school, which is in a place called a community in Chicago called North Lawndale, which is not a great area. Uh, a lot of crime, a lot of murder. Um, Chicago is basically the murder capital of the United States right now. And a lot of those take place within walking distance of where he went to school. So, um, it was important to him, and he knew this a couple of years ago, that whenever he made it big, he wanted to, to go back and have something to show the kids at his old school in Chicago, hey, you can get out of here, you can do something with your life, you know, you can dream big, which is really cool. Um, and so he committed to that, that and Cal told him, uh, hey, I'm with you, I totally support you, I love this and I'm proud of this. But it's going to make Kentucky fans go crazy because they're going to speculate that you're going to go somewhere else or whatever, whatever. Um, and that's pretty much what happened for a while until people understood. 
there was like, oh, is he going to decommit? Is he waiting to see who else they get in recruiting? Is he waiting to see who leaves for the NBA or stays? Is he going to end up signing somewhere else? That was never on the table. He always wanted to go to Kentucky. It was really about this promise to go back home. And uh, it was really cool. I talked to the, the principal there at the school, the vice principal as well, who had taught him in school, uh, to both his parents and to Khalil about why it was so special. And it was just, it was neat to hear from all those people. You know, the principal, neat but also sad. The principal was telling me, you know, she spends as much of her time worried about education as, as she, you know, as much as she worries about education, she also is worried about getting information to the parents of her students about how do I get jobs because a lot of them can't find work and, and giving information to some of the parents about how to get off drugs and some of the parents about how to get their kids mental health help because she described living in that area for a lot of those kids as traumatic, you know, for one reason or another. That's, you know, that's pretty sad to think about that as a kid, you're having trauma um, mm-hmm. just by, by your surroundings. And so that's kind of gives you an idea of, of sort of the group of kids that he wanted to, to give this positive message to and why he was so determined to, to wait and sign when he would, could actually get that done. Yeah, and I mean, we often talk about it, Kyle, you know, the John Calipari kind of mantras, you know, that a lot of this is bigger than basketball and you can impact people with kind of your presence and your quote-unquote celebrity, which, I mean, these guys, just even as high school basketball players and grassroots players, they have a ton of it. And to kind of be an example and be, you know, a beacon of positivity in such a dark place in some instances, it's it's awesome that he's already using it, and it's it's kind of crazy to think that, what is he, 17, 18 years old? He already has that much perspective that he wants to use this moment to kind of bring light to an area that might need some help and then bring positivity to people who are in that uh, problematic area. It's it's just a really cool story. And it seems like Whitney is definitely a really cool kid. Yeah. Is, is kind of quote that sort of summarizes it and, and, and stands out to me as he said, uh, I want them to see that they, that we can be anything we want to be. I didn't live in the greatest neighborhood, but I take a lot of pride in where I come from. When I left, a lot of people disagreed with my decision, but I had to take my own path. And I told everyone, you can count on me when I make it big to come back here and let the kids know it is possible. Maybe if they see and hear that enough, we can change the path for more kids, change the next generation, and the future of this city might be brighter. So that's, you know, if you're if you're thinking about an 18-year-old five-star basketball recruit uh, talking about his signing day, his moment, that's a pretty cool uh, and unusual uh, thought yeah. process, I think, <laughs> for, for a guy in his position. Yeah, and I mean, some people might, and I don't think there's very few of these people, but if you're just listening and you're kind of thinking, well, this is just a high school you know, guy, kid signing where he's going to go to college, this isn't necessarily that big a deal. I mean, two, two or three steps down the road, he could potentially be an NBA superstar, and then he can take this thing to another level and start really giving back specifically financially and those kind of things. So this is a, it just feels like a first step for him then in a long process of giving back, which is one of the main things that John Calipari wants his players to do at, uh, at Kentucky. And I guess real quick, Kyle, we ought to speak in a kind of about being, you know, complete humans. Shout out to Brad Calipari. And Johnny David, uh, they both received their degrees over this weekend. And uh, did you did you get to read the CoachCal.com piece written by John Calipari? I did. Yeah, that was. Uh... Did um was it just me or did uh did you hear the cats in the cradle as as the tune 
is there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I I think that uh, that would have been a perfect uh, uh, audio accompaniment to reading that story aloud. Yeah, because uh, the the gist of the piece was, and and, and Cal had said this a ton in press conferences and interviews, but. He said that, you know, basketball took him away from his family for a lot of years, just road trips and recruiting. And these past three seasons, it brought him and Brad a lot closer together, which was kind of cool. And then he wrapped it with the uh, uh, most of his life. He's been known as John Calipari's son. I look forward to the day when I'm known as Brad Calipari's father, which, you know, that's that's a little it's all it's borders on cheesy, but overall, very cool kind of mindset overall. Yes. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> and then Johnny David hit a half-court shot in the practice facility in his uh, graduation gown. Did you see that? I did see that. And then the, he, his brother posted a video of Johnny finishing cleaning out his locker in the UK locker room in a big black ch- trash bag, which was, you know, kind of a kind of a, a sad little moment there. Uh, I'm sure for any player, like just, but especially, you know, a lot of guys are there pretty short periods of time. But for for somebody like Johnny, who's um, you know, had a long career um, with Kentucky and has been in that locker for a long time to, to clean it out and walk away is probably a sad, sad little moment. How could he only have a trash bag? Doesn't he have like a million gym bags they've given him over the years? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like when you see like uh, uh, hard knocks and stuff, when you see people cleaning out their lockers, um like after the, at the end of the season and all that stuff, I, that, I feel like that's even the pros. That's what they do. They just get a big giant jumbo giant black trash bag and dump all their crap in it. This is probably the most efficient way. I guess until you have to unpack it, and then you're basically you know I don't know the other. Th- well, speaking of packing, I and social media posts, I saw Brad Calipari do a I don't know Instagram thing, and it was like the worst part of moving out of the dorms because even if you're coming back for another year, you got to move out your dorm. I guess those are the rules because school's out. And he like had this video of dozens upon dozens of shoes. Brad Galperry has a lot of shoes, as you would expect. Coming it's up, it's a hard enough life when you got to move all your shoes. Yeah, all your two hundred dollar pairs of Jordans from this place to another place. And I think he got a new car for graduation, which it looked pretty cool. If that was the car he got, probably not as cool as um, Tyler Heroes though. Anyway, coming up next, basketball recruiting talk. Before that, we do want to tell you guys about Bird Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus Galvalum and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Bird Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call, 859-485-1928, or check out birdsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, as the world rotates in um, recruiting... I guess we'll start off, Kyle, in the 2019 class because I'll get your take on a rumor that is sweeping social media and portions of the internet. A guy we all kind of had written off, Jaden McDaniels, apparently 
Kentucky is more involved or a potential landing spot more than that we thought to a certain extent. Is that that's my understanding of it? Obviously, there's no guarantees at this moment, but what is your reading on that uh, situation as of this moment? Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't shock me um, if if they get uh, you know if they get seriously involved again. I, uh, I I don't have concrete information yet, but I, but the but the vibes are that that maybe is not a, as done of a deal to Washington as. I think everybody has assumed and and like the one problem with that assumption is that it's based almost entirely on how quiet the McDaniels camp has been. I mean, the kid hasn't talked, I don't think at all. Um, You know, the dad has basically said, you know, I'm, I'm shielding him from that process. Everything's going through me and the dad hasn't really talked that much. And, you know, I've talked to his trainer. I had a story at one point months ago where he said, you know, Kentucky was a real contender. But, um, you know, I think because they've been so quiet, because they're out way out west, because, you know, in Kentucky's case, they don't get a lot of those guys from out west, although they may end up with Johnny Juzang, so maybe they go two for two out there. Um, but, you know, and, the you know, the way Washington's recruiting, they got Isaiah Stewart, they got – um, another McDonald's All-American from Kentucky and Quade Green. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that assumption has probably been based on geography and mystery. You know, they haven't said anything, but based on where they, they're located, it's just easiest to assume that's where he's going to go. Maybe that was foolish on everyone's part. Um, you know, it, it's it, but it'd be interesting, though, because I, I think Kentucky's – probably in a great position with Johnny Juzang. I'd be sort of surprised if he doesn't go to Kentucky. I think they're still in a good spot with Blackshear, and I think they might be in a better-than-we-thought position with Jaden McDaniels, and it wouldn't, like, totally stun me. It would have if you asked me three days ago. But at this point, it wouldn't totally stun me if they end up with all three of those dudes. And that would be, at that point, like, hype train – off the tracks uh, for Kentucky next season. Wait, isn't like hype train a, a good thing in theory? So wouldn't it be on the tracks, like chugging along <laughs> full board? Or whatever, yeah. Uh, uh, derail, derailed from going too fast. Uh, I don't know. But it, there, there will be a lot of hype for Kentucky. Let's say it that way. If they get in, I mean, if they get any combination of those guys, if they get all of those guys um, with what they have already – Gosh, I mean, <laughs> do they have a do they have a real weakness? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean that that, that is a completely loaded roster, and uh, it would be something to deal with. And if McDaniel is you know signs, I think that that definitely means that they're going to go four wing lineups at some point, mainly because he's tall. And I don't know if they would, you know, necessarily want him guarding post, but we, we we can get into that more further. But that would be a big, that would be a giant win for John Calipari overall, and it would be able to, it would be him doing something that no one gave him a chance to do, which would be a nice a nice W in the the recruiting column. Not that he's been like striking out, but there have been some some marks against him. Um, and, and then moving on to 2020 this weekend, um. Jalen Johnson, out of Milwaukee, the five-star small forward, cut his list to four, Kyle. It was Duke, 
Arizona, Wisconsin, and then his dream school. Yeah, Kentucky. He told me that um, in Atlanta or whatever the outskirt of Atlanta we were in for the first weekend of EYBL. Um, I just asked him, like, where do you where do things stand with Kentucky? And he launched into it's my dream school. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what really? Because at that point, everybody was talking about Duke as sort of the the front runner for him. Uh, but he he explained about um, I think he said John Wall was was kind of who turned him on to Kentucky, and I think for a whole generation of kids probably fit in that category. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, He's a top three kid in the class. I think he's number three in the 2020 class. I mean, you talk about if they end up with Jaden McDaniels, who's a top five player, sort of would end that drought in this class, uh, which I still think we're pretty, you know, I think we're a long way from the finish line on that one in terms of uh, saying that with any confidence. But um, but in this next class, I think Kentucky is gonna has already been really aggressive with those top ten, top five-ish guys. Um, and this one, you know, to me is a really interesting one um, because of what he said about Kentucky. I, you know, I think there's a lot of skeptical Kentucky fans. I've already seen a bunch of them in replies on social media. Oh, they'll probably still go to Duke. They say they're Kentucky's their dream school. And then they go to Duke. I'm trying to think who did that. That like got everybody all. Was it Ingram? Pessimistic. Maybe got everybody all pessimistic about that. But, um, you know, I think, I do think they're in a, they're in a good, solid early position in terms of the top tier in this next class. Like they've, they've been aggressive. They've been out early. They've made guys priorities. Calipari made it a point to really, even with limited time available to sit and watch entire games of their top guys, um, in that first weekend. So, um, and he's been all over visiting guys as well. I I, I think, I don't think they're going to be shut out of the top 10 by any stretch in the class of 2020. I think they could do really well. All right. Uh, wrapping up uh, the basketball talk here, we'll switch all the way to the opposite end. We'll skip college altogether and, and discuss John, Jamal Murray just uh, briefly because he's been absolutely tearing it up this postseason. He had that that fourth quarter where he just went nuclear. Uh, I think it was 24 or something points that was just crazy. Um, that he scored and, and led the Nuggets to a win, and then they advance, and now they're facing off against Portland. As we're recording here on Sunday night, he had another monster game um, and tied that series up. Kyle, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, Murray was great at Kentucky, but he wasn't, you know, one of those top, top picks. I can't remember exactly where he went in the draft, but it wasn't, you know, one or two. Um, and he's become now one of the one of the stars of the playoffs, one of the rising stars in the playoffs. He scored 23 or more points in seven of his last 10 playoff games. He's averaging 26 and a half points, 5.3 rebounds, and four and a half assists in this current series against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I mean, that's those are star numbers. He's had 34 points in each of the last two games. He had 34, five, and four, five rebounds, and four assists tonight. Um, by the way, in this playoff series. He was 11 of 11 at the line tonight, and for the series, he is 13, 14. He's 18 for 18 at the free throw line. Um, I think he's only missed, like, two free throws in the entire playoffs. <laughs> so he's he's playing really well. He's sort of emerging as a, uh, as a star, uh, or at least a rising star in these NBA playoffs. And, you know, 
going up, up against some star power like Dame Lillard, and when you put up 34 in back-to-back nights and you, you knock this series up, it's two games apiece now. I mean, they could have easily be they could easily be up three to two. They lost a four overtime game the other night by three points when Jamal Murray played 55 minutes. That's a lot. Uh, and turns turns around two days later and still scores 34. Um, he yeah he's he's having a huge playoffs. Uh, Enos Kanter's playing great for for Portland as well. Mm-hmm. I know he never really played for Kentucky, but pretty he's he's been a, a pretty big story for them as well. This has been a good uh, a good year for Kentucky young Kentucky guys to sort of make start making their names. Deer and Fox are not in the playoffs, but he's a guy who's guys. really started to make a name for himself. I think I think the criticism of like Cal has all these guys in the NBA, but none of them win win in the playoffs. Like that's all going away. Um, well, that's a it's a silly. You know, but- Silly trope, anyway. It is a silly thing, anyway. Well, of course it is because, like those that first, like all those guys that were going in the like top five, they're going to horrible teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you get all those all those stars he had are go- they're going to horrible teams. I mean, Anthony Davis is a mega superstar. He got surrounded by dog meat, you know, and and that doesn't mean any that doesn't mean anything about him. Uh, I think he already proved himself as being able to lead somebody to a championship. So, yep. but yeah, Jamal Murray is uh, really making his mark. It's it's he's really fun to watch right now. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, going up against a really quality backcourt. I mean, he's going up against C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard, and then the better of the Curry brothers. Uh, you know, Portland's got some dudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming up next, we'll wrap with a little football recruiting, and then we will give our unqualified thoughts on the Derby because, hey, this is a Kentucky podcast, so we have to have thoughts. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Big Bad Bo Allen. That's what I've decided to nickname him, Kyle. He'll be announcing his college decision on Monday at 3.30 p.m. I believe it's at his school, uh, Lexington Catholic. And uh, it seems like Kentucky has really made a push lately. Early on, it was thought that I think uh, there was a ton of interest all over the place. And then when when, um, West Virginia hired Neil Brown, that was a lot of of people's pick. Uh, But it seems like things have swung back Kentucky's way. And that seems to be where it's going. We'll obviously break that down when he makes his commitment more. But Kyle, that would be a. It's always, it's always important to keep quality players in state because Kentucky doesn't produce that many quality football players. Yeah, and you know, and, and a quarterback getting a quarterback on board early, a guy that's pretty highly rated. I think he was a four star, and now he's slipped down to three star status. But he's still a, I think, top twenty five uh, quarterback nationally. Um, you know, it's important to get your quarterback on board um, as sort of a to be a, help be a Pied Piper for your class. I mean, they've got the the four star in state offensive lineman who's kind of already being been working that role. Um, and I, I think you know they're going to have a cluster here of, of potentially if, if Kentucky gets Bo Allen, I think they will. Um, going to have a cluster of really solid to to solid to really really good uh, commitments. Um, that momentum, it always seems like that momentum when a program gets it like that, if they're in on some other guys, it maybe starts to sway their thinking like, Hey, jump, jump on board, be Mm -hmm. a part of this. We saw, I mean, going back early in the Stoops tenure, that 2014 class of Drew Barker and those guys, that was, uh, it sort of had that feel to it. You know, they got some, they got the, the snowball rolling early and guys just wanted to jump on and be a part of it. So, um, feels, feels like right now they're getting that post 
10 win season and historic NFL draft recruiting bump. Yep, it definitely does. So we'll get you more info on that as it progresses, maybe even mix in an interview or two if we can, um, depending on if those guys are available. Um, so, Kyle, we'll wrap today's edition. And I will just, you know, first off, did you bet on the Derby? I'm guessing you did. Am I wrong? I didn't. What? I didn't bet a dollar. I only bet when I'm there. I'm usually, I'm there almost every year, and this year for numerous reasons. Oh, yeah. Some, some stuff uh, going on that I couldn't be there. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't bet because every year that I go, I at least put $10 on each of the two longest shots uh, in addition to all the other stuff I bet. But one thing I always do is put like 10 sometimes 20 bucks on the two longest shots because – you know, whatever. One of, one of them hits, you make a boatload of money. And I would have definitely made a nice little chunk of change. Definitely a great return on investment if I would put 10 or 20 on uh, on Country House. And that he, I think he was the second longest shot in the field. So I would have been one of the guys, one of the horses I bet on. Well. I think that, I think 20 would have paid like, what, 1300 I think that's right. I don't have a calculator in front of me. It was 65 to 1, right? Well, it went all, uh, when they showed it, it was 69, but I think it got bet down slightly because those are ever changing um, as they go. Uh, but yeah. yeah, if it was 60, if you got it at 65 to 1, that's 1300 bucks on a $20 bet. Pretty good. And I saw there was a, was it uh, $2 Superfecta paid like eight grand? Yeah. Oh no. The four dollars superfecta paid eight grand. Yeah. The the well the exacta was was pretty monumental. <laughs> just just getting the first two horses right after the the DQ. But yeah. since you've since you've been to the Derby multiple times, Kyle, I'll let you just weigh in. Was it the right call? I mean, I think you had. I, I I feel like you had to call it. I mean, you know, I get all the like spirit of the race and best horse should have still won. Yada 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 uh didn't affect this or that but i mean like the way the rule is written i I don't see how (laughs) i don't see how you can't apply it there and you know i thought the most poignant point made by i think it was the the trainer or owner of of um country country house was uh was you know if this was a random weekday event you know at a random track, you know, do you, is, are you disqualifying the horse or not? Like, I mean, almost any other scenario you would do that, I think. Um, and so you don't change the rule, uh, because it's a Kentucky Derby. So, and, and like, it feels like everybody's like mad, like, well, the, the horse that won didn't even like, wasn't even most effective. Well, that doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter because it wasn't even like, I don't, that horse had nothing and it's, connections had no part of the protest right it was just Correct. other it well was other well wait wait it, it did protest but i think the dq was because um maximum security hit the the other horses not the but country. they had also protested yes the long range toddy protested so technically long range toddy was the one where i guess it was like dq'd off of yeah so and I mean, we're, if we're wrong we'll get corrected mightily but yeah. i think it's just odd it's odd that um, the people that I follow and respect that, you know, are in the horse racing and like some of them even do it, you know, for a full time living. They're like, yeah, that's probably the right call. I get why people are upset, but it's probably the right call. And then the people who watch one race a year and then go to Keeneland on a weekend 
and have uh, a couple drinks, they're they're very upset and they weren't are 100% sure that it was the wrong call, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I wouldn't have like batted an eye if like I wouldn't have because I don't know enough to I wouldn't have even known that was the rule. Like I wouldn't have batted an eye if they said okay, you know, maximum security wins. Uh, but it didn't go that way, and it was explained, and so like that. Okay, it makes sense. That was the rule. Yeah, you should probably stick with the rules. <laughs> you know. So you I mean, don't it's like the same people that say like don't like you know. Do you do you uh you know do you call things different for a playoff game or an NCAA tournament game or whatever? Um, you know, I guess the rules are the rules, but yeah, there are a lot of experts that come out of the woodwork. Um. So I think I saw your tweet about that, and also game, you know, people because of Game of Thrones tonight. Everybody's now a military tactician. <laughs> yeah, lots of people on uh, on social media right now would, uh, according to how they're how they're talking, would do great in the fifteen and sixteen hundreds because they are expert on horses and experts on military strategy. <laughs> the other the other thing is like, um, you know, one of the things that I saw out there is like this only happened because of the current political climate. I was going to ask you <laughs> like, that was so is weird. Like, what is like, what? Like, uh, and like, Oh, this is all about political correctness. Like what is political? What? Like, I, I think your, like, your bra- is your brain firing? Right. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Uh, how does that connect to this? Like political correctness is applying the rules. I mean, what a bizarre time we live in that like somebody cries, political correctness about applying the rule as it is written to a sporting event i don't i don't know i don't think it has anything to do with that but i'm sure it's liberals fault so soft soft liberals ruined the kentucky derby in theory like the way i understand a lot of people who that mindset who talked about like who are let me phrase this try the best i can the people who say political correctness is like a quote-unquote issue would be would want things to be quote unquote fair, right? Like I think that's probably a, a, the mindset that they think they have. So if you have those that mindset, I don't know how you thought applying the rules properly is somehow political correctness. That makes no sense to me. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you to the sponsor, Bird Sheet Metal. Kyle, let everybody know where they can follow along with you on social media. I don't think I want to because we're going to get a bunch of people tweeting at us about how stupid Ooh. we are about the Kentucky Derby. But it's at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Well, I don't think we're stupid. I mean, I just think we're. Well, I know we don't think we're stupid, but I know lots of people will think we're stupid. Yeah, but most of those people probably had maximum security in bets. And to be fair, I had it in a bet, too, and I would have won money. I would have about broke even if, if he would have stayed on top. So, like, I should be mad, but I ain't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> The, the the interesting thing we don't need to go terribly long on this, but one of the was it Twin Spires is refunding ten dollars, uh, ten up to ten dollar uh, win bets on maximum security. Doesn't yep. help the people that put down big old chunks of change, but uh, I imagine those add up to quite a bit that they're having to uh, cough up. Well, but their whole mod, I mean, they give away money constantly. I mean, I got. Uh, with my account, you, you get a $25 free bonus. You get a $100 bonus. If you sign up a new account, you get uh, $10 if you sign a friend up. So they give a want money all the time. This is probably just going to be another promotion for them. And then, you know, how most of those these people work with those accounts. 
once the money's in there, you just kind of <laughs> use it up until you get They're it. Ne- they never, they never make a withdrawal. That's good. so. So yeah, that, I mean, it's it's a, probably a win overall for for them. If you want to tweet me things about how I'm an idiot on horse racing or political correctness or fairness, find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B U R C H. Please follow along with the show at Locked On UK on Twitter, and just search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Please rate, please review, please subscribe. All those really help a ton. And then most importantly, please share this with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. How's it going? Going all right. Hold on a sec. I haven't watched Game of Thrones, so don't tell me anything. Everyone died. Cool.